Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, God, our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You know, um, I love the fact that uh, the band that you just listened to who led us in worship actually wrote that last song. And uh, we love it, man, when our people take the gift of creativity that they've given them and then pour forth that gift to the rest of us. And I just want to say thank you so much for choosing to join us this morning because you had a choice. Obviously, the weather here is beautiful. There's so many things you could do. And I just want to say thank you for choosing to join us. And the reality is, you guys, that's what we do as human beings every day, all day long. All we do is make choices. Over and over, there are these crossroads in our life, and then we make a decision. And when we make a decision, it alters the rest of our day. So every morning... I have a choice to unite with God or not, I, to actually spend some time with him, to actually receive. God is so ready to speak to me, to, to pour his grace into me, to, for me to give him my anxiety or my worries or just to, to get to the point where I can be in union with him. And here's what I know. I know that that's the best thing for me, but I always have a choice. Every morning, I also have a choice to exercise or not. And here's the other thing. I know that the best thing for this body to make it healthy, to give me energy, to just the physical appearance, everything about that, I know it's best to exercise, but I have a choice whether I'm going to do it or not. And food. Food is not a morning decision. Food is an all-day decision. Because <laughs> all day long, I'm going to decide. What am I going to eat? When am I going to eat? How much am I going to eat? And again, I know that what I decide with that food affects my health and my energy and my life. And then all day long, we're going to be in relationships. Every interaction we have with people, we make decisions. And I know what love is based on the scripture and what God has revealed to me. But I also know that I have a choice every time I'm with somebody. Will I put them above myself? Will I listen to them? Will I honor them? Will I serve them? Will I build them up? It's a choice. So here's our choice today. Like some of you are watching right now, and you know at the depth of your being that the best thing is to continue to hold fast, that's our, our series, to this union with God. You know because you've experienced it. Some of you are watching today because you're wondering if union with God is the best thing. And maybe you're hoping that it is. In your choice, you made a choice today to, to engage with that. But as we move on, I, I want to remind you of one very important thing. And that is God knows that union with you is the best thing. And he's already made the choice. First, he made the choice to create you. And then secondly, he made the choice to send his one and only son because he loved you into the world 
to actually reconcile you to himself. The whole purpose of Jesus was to get rid of the separation between us and God. God made that choice. And then Jesus made the choice with blood that was dripping down his face like sweat, agonizing. Would he do what the father was asking him to do? And he made the choice. You know why? Because he loves the father. But the scripture says, because he loved you. And Jesus wanted to make sure that he could spend every moment of every day and into eternity with you. See, God made that choice. And now you get to make a choice of what you want to do with that. The choice is yours. And so Paul, I love what Paul says in the scripture, in the book of Philippians. He says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And you know, it's really interesting. That press, I press on, is an intense word. It's the word that's actually translated usually persecute. So how does we get press on? Because the word means persecute. It means I'm coming after you. It's like I am chasing, it was the word used, to chase after someone to catch them. And, and Paul's like, I am, I am coming after you, God, because I want to take hold, which means apprehend, seize, to lay hold of. But here's the key of that word. It's always to take hold of it, to make it yours. And Paul was saying, I'm going to take hold. I'm going to press on. I'm going to chase after. I'm going to take it, hold it, and make it mine. Why? Because Jesus Christ chased after me grabbed a hold of me because he wanted to make me his own. Oh, you guys, it's, we've seen this image in so many movies. Somebody's drowning and they're, they're, or they're on a cliff and they're going to die. They are. And then the hero comes and he reaches down. He takes hold of them. And then what's he say? Grab my arm, he says. And they take hold of each other. And that's the decision that we're talking about today. Paul's choice was I'm holding fast to the union of God because Jesus is holding to me. And this is the book of Hebrews, you guys, the series that we've been doing, Hold Fast. People are choosing to let go. People in the book of Hebrews, life was hard, there was persecution, and they were starting to abandon the faith, walk away from it, stop pursuing a life of union with God. And then Throughout the whole book, the author just says, here's all the reasons, don't do that, hold on. And the series has been chapter 12 of Hebrews, which is, okay, here's everything you can do to help you to hold on. And then it culminated. In fact, as I was studying this, last week's passage and this week's, the commentators and, and experts and uh, theologians are saying, this is the culmination of the whole book. It's the most important thing of the whole book. And the verses we're going to end with are this. The author ends with this. He says, in light of all of this that God has done because he wants you so bad, and I know you're struggling to hold on to him, but at the end he says this. Ultimately, it's your choice. God has made his choice, and now it's your choice. But I'm going to tell you, in preparation for this message and in this delivery to you, I have to let you know, it's really clear here. This isn't a game. This is your life. 
And the author is not just, hey, consider this. No, he's saying, don't make the wrong choice. Because the choice you make with this is your life. All right, so let's look at this. Hebrews chapter 12, the very last four verses, 25 through 29. And we're going to unpack this thing, the end choice that you and I have. He says, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, and that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. And therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. All right, let's talk about the first choice that every one of us has to make, and that's this. Choose not to refuse Christ. That's what he's saying here. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. By the way, isn't it cool? I just want to tell you again, we have a God who speaks. He does. He speaks to us. This is a relationship, and he's been speaking from the very beginning of time. And so it says, if they didn't escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? And so the person on earth, again, throughout this whole book, if you've been, if you've been following us last week, it's Moses. And Moses was God's mouthpiece. God used Moses, but he was just someone who warned them on earth, just like all of his prophets. But he says, if they didn't escape when they wouldn't listen to Moses... What about the one who's actually now warning them from heaven, and this is Jesus? See, now God's actually speaking. I was thinking of this as an illustration. I remember, man, uh, as a kid, um, my mom, she could be super strong, and I've, I experienced the wrath of my mom. And one of the biggest ways that I would see the wrath from my mom is when I was supposed to do the dishes, and I didn't do them. But I want to tell you, it was such a different thing when my older brother would come to me and say, hey, mom told me to tell you, you have to do the dishes. Well, what do you do to your brother? Yeah, whatever. And you don't even listen to him. Well, then mom comes home and you get in trouble. <laughs> because, well, I didn't know. He, he said this, and, and, but you still get in trouble. But I want to tell you, and this was a weekly thing too, when my mom and dad would go to choir practice on Tuesday nights, and my mom would look at me and say, David, you make sure you do those dishes. And then the night would go by, and for whatever reason, I refused to listen to her. When she came home, oh, it was the wrath of God. It wasn't my brother. Now it was, I told you exactly what to do, and you refused to listen to me, and then I experienced the wrath of my mom. Well, here's what this passage is saying. There's some key words here. There's a warning. There's a warning. If they didn't escape 
and refused him who warned them on earth. Well, what was Moses warning them about? Well, what Moses, the message with Moses was God, through Moses, was saying, hey, you guys were slaves in Egypt. I came after you. I rescued you. You're my people, and I'm going to take you into the promised land. And all I'm asking is that you put your faith in me and just follow me. And they, and they wouldn't do it. Uh, they wouldn't listen to him. They wouldn't trust him. They, they murmured. They, they got angry. They, they, they just wouldn't listen. And so Moses warned them, and he warned them. And the Ten Commandments came down, and there was a warning, and they refused to listen. And you know what happened? They didn't escape the judgment of God. And that whole generation never entered the promised land. And God said, I have. I've rescued you. I have a land for you. All I'm asking is just trust me and follow me. And they refused the warning. They experienced the judgment of God. And they never entered the promised land. And this scripture says, if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from the one who warned them, warns us from heaven? So basically, God's like, okay, so they won't listen to my prophets. They won't listen to my, to my leaders. All right, tell you what, maybe they'll listen to me. I'm coming down. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. And he's like, now I'm going to speak to you. Right from heaven. And so Jesus comes, and what does Jesus say? What does God say through Christ? He goes, I'm coming after you. I want to take hold of you. I want to rescue you from your sin. And then I'm going to take you into the real promised land. I'm going to take you into heaven when this is all over and you will be with me forever. It's awesome. He says, all I'm asking is that you put your faith in me, that you receive me into your life, that you follow me. And when you read the life of Jesus, out of great love, again, he goes, I'm coming after you. But Jesus also had a warning, right? It says, if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven. So Jesus had a warning. And his warning was this, you guys, God's wrath towards sin is going to happen. God's judgment of sin has to happen because he's a holy God. It's, but I got good news, Jesus would say. That's the warning. But I got good news. You are loved so much that I will receive God's judgment and punishment of your sin. That's why I came, so that I could be the sacrifice for your sin. So that's the good news. I will forgive you. If you put your faith in me, then I will forgive you of your sin once and for all so that you and God can actually, instead of being separated, can be reconciled. And not even waiting until heaven, that you can have his presence with you right now, dwelling in you. And the absolute assurance, since all of your sins will be forgiven forever, once for all, you can know that when you die, you can know without any doubt that you will enter eternity with him. So I'm warning you because Jesus warns us because he goes, if you don't receive me, then, then you're going to pay the penalty in the judgment for your sin. And so what's the scripture say? Oh man, if they didn't refuse, if they didn't escape when they refused Moses, 
And now Jesus, from heaven, God himself, has shown you his love and that he wants to be with you and he'll do anything to be with you. And if you refuse that, but it's your choice. It's everybody's choice. And what's crazy is most people on the whole planet, and maybe you to this day, have said, no thanks, <laughs> not interested. And you turn away from that offer of life from Jesus. And here's what he says. If you refuse my offer of salvation, then you will receive God's judgment. If you say, in other words, you know, here's all Jesus is saying. If you say, I really want nothing to do with you, then you'll get your desire. You know, let me, let me just, this is such an important point that I want to read you another passage in Hebrews chapter 10, just, just in about a, two chapters earlier. And it says this, anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Now listen, how much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who trampled the Son of God underfoot? Well, let's, let's just keep that up there. Keep these, this scripture up here, because listen to this. I, I bet no one goes, I'm not trampling Jesus under my feet, but, but that's what he's saying. If you refuse him, you are trampling the Son of God underfoot. Now, when you, if we say, man, if you trample on someone, what, what's that mean? It means you have no regard for them, no respect. It means, I want, you mean nothing to me. I mean, if you take something and you throw it on the ground and you stomp on it with your foot, I mean, you're just saying, this is, I'm despising that. I don't want you. Now, and then the, the next thing he says, how much more severely do we, will we be punished who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them. Well, see, holy things, things that are belonging to God, that are perfect and beautiful and glorious, you always honor them. You treat them with special honor, holy things. Now, there are things that aren't holy, and they're, they're called base. They're just, they're just base things. They're, they're just not that important because they're not really necessary. And so literally, with something that's base, it's like you can just throw that out with the trash if you want to. And what the scripture is saying, you treat as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified you. In other words, Jesus dying on the cross saying, you mean so much to me that I'm going to give my life for you. And if you say, what? That's not necessary. That's not important then you're treating an unholy thing. You're treating what Jesus did as unholy. Base and saying, means nothing to me. And then the last thing it says is, and he and who has insulted the spirit of grace. You insult the spirit of grace. See, this is interesting because grace is a gift. That's what it is. The word means it's a gift. So let's think about this for a second. You work really, really hard. Whether, whether you're working hard to, to gain the financial resource to purchase this amazing gift for someone, or you really work hard, at on, uh, work hard at it yourself, and you create this amazing thing, and, and so all of a sudden, they, when, they, when this person thinks, when you're going to give this gift, what you're saying is, man, I'm thinking about you. 
I'm sacrificing my time. I'm sacrificing my money and my energy. I want you to receive the best gift possible. So if you do that, and then you wrap it beautifully, you've just poured your life into this thing. And you hand it to the person, and they show no interest. They don't even take it from you. They don't want it. They don't open it. Or maybe <laughs> they take the gift and they just shove it in your face and say, whatever, I don't even care. Or maybe they just rip it up and throw it down on the ground. I'm telling you, man, you insult the giver if someone pours their life and resource and time and energy. And then you say, I don't even want it. And Jesus gift to you is his life. He came to this earth for you to offer his life on the cross as a sacrifice for your sins, to forgive you, to pay the greatest price so you don't have to pay the price. And when you say, I don't think it's that important, I don't think I need that. Man, you treat that gift of God as an unholy thing and you insult the spirit of grace. And what happens when we say that? Well, Hebrews 12, 26 through 27 says, at that time, again, talking about the Old Testament, his voice shook the earth. And if you listen to last week's message, it we talked about the difference between Mount Sinai, where the Ten Commandments came, and then Mount Zion, this beautiful heavenly mountain, city in heaven. But he's speaking back to Mount Sinai. When the Ten Commandments came and God's presence showed up, there was this judgment. I'm holy and you're not. And the whole mountain shook. It was like an earthquake. And he says at that time, his voice shook the earth. But look at this. But now he's promised. Once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. And the words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, and that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. So when God came down on Mount Sinai, it was a clear judgment. I'm holy, you're not, and there's judgment. This picture, he says, is this. Yeah, I shook the earth, but a day's coming when I will shake every created thing. And as you look at the full counsel of Scripture, this is the day where there is a final judgment with God. There just is. And it's a shaking, right? It's, it's, it's like a, taking that sift, and you, it's full of all the stuff, and then you take it, and you shake it, and you shake it, and you shake it, and everything that's sand filters out, and only the large pieces are left. Well, what he's saying here is when I shake at the end and have this final judgment, he says, everything created is going away. Everything created. And there's only one thing that can remain. And what will remain is those who have received the gift of eternal life. Those whose, as we talked yes, last week, those whose names are written in heaven. In other words, 
If you refuse the gift of eternal life, because that's what Jesus is offering you, I am offering you a chance to be with me now and to be with me forever. And that's eternal life, that you know me, that we're in relationship. If you refuse that eternal gift of life and you put your hope only in creative things, only in your job or your relationships or this world and, and, and you don't want God, he says, then when that day, final day of judgment comes and everything created is gone, you will not, okay, listen, you will not enter into eternity with God. And remember, again, he just said, if they didn't, if they didn't escape <laughs> when Moses warned them and they didn't get into the promised land, how much more if when Jesus is coming and warning you of the judgment of God and then also not only warning you, but then declaring to you the greatest news in all the world and you say, I don't want you. Then he's like, well, then when that day of judgment comes, you too, since you refused me instead of received me, you won't enter into eternity. But guys, listen to me. It's your choice. And he's already made his choice. Can I just say this again? He wants you. He loves you. He does not want to judge your sin. That's why he sent Jesus, so he could judge your sin in Christ so that he would be a faithful and just God to actually punish your sin. But because you put your faith in Christ, your sin is already punished. See, he doesn't want to. People, you're buying a lie when you think that God is angry at you and he wants to judge you because you're not good enough. No, he's like, no, because I'm holy, I have to judge your sin, but that's why I sent Jesus because I love you so much. That's my choice, he's saying. I want you with me now, every day, to help you through this world that's shaking. Not only is it shaking at the end times, everything you put, everything created is shaking right now. And he goes, and I can give you a kingdom that won't be shaken I can give you myself. So I offer you the gift of my life. I want to take hold of you, he says, and make you my child. Will you take hold of me? It's all yes. It's, and, and here's the thing it's just a gift. So the first and most important decision you will ever make about your life is choose not to refuse Christ. And I'm going to give you a chance when we're done here to make that choice. Now, there's two other choices, and they're not as long as, I'm not going to go into the depth of them like that first one, because that's important. But when this author is speaking to the Hebrews, he knows that there are people listening to him who are falling away and who are not choosing Christ, but he knows there are those who have and so he wants to speak now to those of us who've received him. And here's what he says. Here's the second choice. Choose to remember Christ. Choose to remember Christ. It's what will help you too to hold fast to him. In Hebrews 12, 28, he says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that can't be shaken. So right now, Everything physical is being shaken and it can be lost in a second. Your health, your job, your finances, your people you love. And then in the end times, everything created is going to be gone. And the only thing that's going to last, though, is this kingdom. And it can't be shaken, the kingdom of God. 
that's in you once you receive Christ. And he says, remember that. Hold fast to that. Take hold of that. For which Jesus Christ took hold of you, which is union with God. Don't let go of it. It's the greatest gift in all the world. And what can't be shaken, you guys? What can't be shaken? It's the hope of the gospel, the work of Jesus Christ, the greatest news. And through the series, I've brought this up. Let me just say it one more time for you. This is what cannot be shaken. That when you do say, instead of refusing Christ, you receive Christ, the hope, H-O-P-E, is yours. The H is an heir. You become a child of God. You become his. You are an heir, guaranteeing, guaranteeing. The Spirit's in you as a deposit, guaranteeing what's to come. You're his child. The O is once for all, and it can't be shaken. It says that Jesus Christ died for sins once for all to make perfect forever those who are being made holy. You know what can't be shaken? Once I receive forgiveness of all my sin by Jesus Christ, they're all forgiven, all of them, and that can never be taken away from me. I can never not be his child once I receive him. My sins can never be punished again because I'm completely forgiven once for all. The P is presence. Here's the other thing that I can't lose. When I received Christ, the Holy Spirit of God got put inside my being, and I can't lose him. It can't be shaken. It can't be taken away. Every single moment of every day, God is with me. Come on, man. If you're a follower of Jesus, that's what's true about you too. You can't be shaken. And then the E is eternity. You are absolutely guaranteed. Your names are already written in heaven that we looked at last week. You are going to go home because you're a citizen of heaven and a child of God. And when you die, you'll be with him forever. And that can't be shaken. Man, choose to remember Christ, the greatest news in all the world, the gospel of Jesus, who made you a son, forgave you of your sins, lives inside your heart, and guarantees your future. Man, and here's the last one, the help, last helpful choice that you and I can make to remember him, to help you to hold fast. Because here's the question. I don't know how many more years I'm gonna have on this planet, but how do I choose to live right now until I get there? Since I have this kingdom that can't be shaken, how do I choose right now? How do I live the rest of my days on earth that help me hold fast? And here's what the scripture says. He goes, choose to revere Christ. Choose to revere Christ. Since we're receiving a kingdom that can't be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. How do I live every day? Instead of refusing to listen to Jesus, I revere Jesus. <laughs> I revere him. And that's a great word. It just means to, 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 to set him apart, to put him in my highest place. And here's what's interesting. He's, there's, two, there's two things he actually tells us to do. The first one is be thankful. Since we're receiving this kingdom that can't be shaken, let us be thankful. Now, here's what's really interesting to me. If you go into the original language, 
the Greek that's written. Literally what it says, since you're receiving a kingdom that can't be shaken, it says, have grace. Have grace. In other words, live in the gift of grace, which you have been saved. You're receiving a kingdom that can't be shaken, and it's all grace. Have the grace, possess the grace of God, the gift of God. Now, I think that's why when our English translators, for some reason, then they said, then be thankful. Well, of course, because you have grace. It's not works. It's not based on what you do or don't do. He completely finished a gift of grace for you, and you have it. And that's why Jesus said, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice in that. And be thankful. You guys, how do you live? How should those of us who actually have received this kingdom that can't be shaken live every day? By being thankful. By living in the grace, the gift that's ours, and rejoicing every day that our names are written in heaven. Revere, he says, in awe. Revere him and be in awe of him. God, you are so good. Your love is so amazing. I can't believe that when I wanted nothing to do with you, when I'm living in sin, that you were like, I know, but I want you. And then you came after us and you saved us. Not, we didn't do a thing. And then you just offer us the gift and all you say is, just receive the gift, receive me, and we'll live together forever. Man, wow. And when you revere someone and you put, have awe in them, then you worship him, he says. Worship him. And actually the word is serve him. Oh, I serve you, God. I worship you. Why? Because I'm putting you, this is revere and all, God, I'm going to put you at the highest place in my life. I'm going to give you first place. That's how someone who's received this gift, and that's how you hold fast. You don't Remember at the very beginning it was fix your eyes on Jesus, right? So instead of like getting caught up in all the good things in the world that lure you away that are all going to be gone and burned up, shaken away, or instead of looking around at all the stuff that is shaking away and that you put your hope in, no, 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 no. Fix your eyes on him and revere him. This is how you hold fast all the days of your life is you remember you are so good, God. You worship him. You serve him. You make him first in your life. And then you just say, God, I'm following you, Jesus. I'm just going to follow you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to take hold of you. Yes, you, out of your love for me, took hold of me and you made me mine. And I'm going to press on. I'm going I'm to come after you too, Jesus. And I'm going to take hold of you. Because living life with the living, loving, gracious, merciful, powerful, loving God is my life, and it's yours too. Come on, man. Christ follower, Christian, don't shake. You receive the kingdom that can't be shaken. Don't get caught up in all the stuff of the world. Put your hope in it, your time, your energy, your resources, as Jesus said. Man, put your treasure in heaven. Live for eternity. Let him absolutely have you. And so what's the application today? It's the last thing. 
It's remembering verse 29. He says, do all this, you guys, because our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. So here's the first thing that I want to ask those of you to consider. If you have refused Jesus and said to him, I don't want you. I don't think your sacrifice was necessary. I literally have to say to you, Jesus, I have trampled you under my feet. I've considered what you've done unholy and base and not necessary. And I've insulted your gift of grace. And I just want to ask you today, instead of refusing that gift from God to you, you can easily today receive it. All he says is just confess to me. All you got to do is confess, which means agree with me that you have been living in opposition to me. Just agree that it's sin and that it separates you from me. Because if you say you don't want me, then I'm going to give you the gift. I'm going to give you what you want, basically, and you won't be with me for eternity. So just confess that that's what you've done. He says, and then repent, which means, and then turn to me. So confess that you've been living apart from me and then turn to me. He says, just turn to me. Put your faith in me. Give me your life. Just give me your life. Ask me to receive me, he says. Let me be God in your life. And I will forgive you of all of your sin. You will receive forgiveness of all of your sin. And you will be reconciled to me. And I will come and live inside you and give you strength and hope and grace and peace. Everything you need. I'll give you myself to be with you every moment, every day and the guarantee that you'll be with me forever. And I just want to say right now, right to my left, there's a link that you can click on. It's a next steps link where you can give us your name and your contact information. And can I just say to you, don't refuse Jesus. See to it that you don't refuse him. But instead, receive him. Put your faith in him today and you will be saved. You'll be saved from this life and you'll be saved for eternity. So uh, would you just pray with me? Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that every person who's listening to this, that you have spoken to and they've heard your voice and they're ready to confess their sin and to receive you, to put their faith in you, Jesus, today. I ask that you would empower them right now by the Holy Spirit. And I pray that you would forgive them of their sin and that you would now enter into their heart through the presence of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And make them your child forever. If that's you, then just tell God one thing right now. Jesus, I receive you. I'm not refusing you anymore. I want you to take my life, and I'm taking yours. And we pray that in Jesus' name, amen. And then, just before we close, secondly, if you have received the kingdom that can't be shaken, come on, man, then give thanks. <laughs> have grace. And out of that grace, may your heart just pour every day into gratitude that your names are written in heaven. And then, let God's consuming fire 
burn away anything inside of you that doesn't worship God. Come on, man. You love him. I know you do if you're a follower of Jesus. Let his consuming fire today, even as we do this last worship song, right now, tell him, God, I have not been worshiping you. I have not been serving you. And today, I'm too I'm turning back to you. And I want you to consume everything within me that's not holy. Everything within me that keeps me from you. Hold on to that. Hold on to that. And now all of us, as we close, worship him. Praise him. Praise you, Jesus, for giving your life for me. Praise you, Jesus, for my salvation. Praise you for the hope of eternity. Every one of us, go for it. Praise him and worship him right now.